Hello, I'm Conrad Bain. Tonight on the Blackcast, we're starting a special two-part show on a very sensitive and important subject. Now, we urge families, children, and parents alike to watch both of these informative episodes and then to discuss the problem presented, which is of deep concern to all of us. This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome, I'm Christian Blatt. Joined for the first time ever on this show, tragically, by Mr. <laughs> Ron Mata. Ron, first and foremost, I have to apologize for not having you on any of the Star Trek or Doctor Who episodes that I've done. No and, worries. Um, it's, a, it's a crime against uh, maybe not humanity, but uh, <laughs> I definitely, you know, you were the person I knew who liked doctor who before the reboot you're literally yep. the only one i knew because i was a huge yep. star trek nerd and i would try to watch doctor who and i'm like nah, it's just not for me this is just my yeah, it, i've since it definitely I've since watched some of the old stuff and i'm like oh, i can pick and choose what i kind of yeah. like i've yeah. i've messaged you that for some reason i gravitated to peter davidson but conversations mm -hmm. for other times <laughs> right right uh i appreciate you being here today this is always the episode i've been doing this podcast the Blackcast, for 10 years now and this was always the episode I knew I wanted to do with you. And this is our very special episode where we talk about very special episodes of which there are many that stand out. The one that we'll start with in a moment is sort of the, it, it's like the goat. It's like the progenitor. It's the building block of all very special episodes. And the, I think the, the LeBron the, James is special. It episode. is definitely the LeBron James. It, the important thing about the very special episode is that it is always a show that is otherwise a comedy. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are truly memorable have jokes surrounding things that are not comedic. And that is the case of uh, the first one that we'll talk about. Now, going back through history, there are some that I had forgotten about that do predate this. There's a, a leave it to Beaver where they hire a handyman who's a drunk, but they don't tell oh, yeah. Beaver. They don't tell Beaver that he's a drunk. And so Beaver's like, oh yeah, I'll get you this stuff that this bottle that we got from my uncle. And they're like, Beaver, why did you give it to him? He's like, you didn't tell me I wasn't supposed to. Well, Beaver, it certainly is too bad about Andy because he was trying very hard to overcome his, uh, his trouble. And I think he had a very good chance of making it, too, if someone hadn't sold him that first drink today and got him started again. Dad, nobody sold it to him. I gave it to him. You gave him what? Well, I gave him that bottle of stuff from Uncle Billy that you poured on the cake. Oh, boy, Beaver. Yeah. Well, he came in and said he felt shaky, and I gave it to him. Well, Beaver, don't you know that's the worst thing you could possibly have done? Don't you know that's what got Andy started all over again? Gee, Dad... The way you and Mom were talking about troubles and you-know-whats when spelling out stuff, how could I know something was wrong when I didn't even know what you were talking about? Heck yeah. I'm in high school and I didn't know what was wrong until you were helping Andy in the car. But boys, we were just trying to protect you from things like this. You know something, dear? Beaver's right. We can't ever really protect anyone by hiding the truth from them. Well, I wouldn't have given Andy anything if I thought it would have hurt him. I know you wouldn't, Beaver. And I'm sure if we just let you know from the beginning what was going on, you could have handled the situation when it came up, huh, boy? Well, sure, Dad. I know what to do if I know stuff. Heck yeah. <laughs> you and Mom shouldn't be as scared to tell us things. 
Somebody's got to tell a guy about all the bad junk in the world. Well, Wally, I just hope it's always your mom and I who are the guys to do it. There's uh, Maude deciding to have an abortion. Yeah. Um, I want you to have whatever it is you want. Does that include the baby? Well, it did when... Well, I thought you wanted it. Well, Maud, I think it would be wrong to have a child at our age. Oh, so do I, Walter. Oh, Walter, so do I. We'd make awful parents. Oh, impatient, irascible. Awful. It's just oh, not our time well, of life. for other people, it might be fine, but for us, I, I don't think it would be fair to anybody. Yeah. One that I don't think, like, I feel like we can do a series of these, you and I, run. I don't want to do Edith Bunker gets raped. Yeah. You know, there's there's yeah. some that it's just like, uh, you know, it's fascinating from like studying TV, the way the yeah. studio audience reacts to, you know, the guy in the house. But it's right. like, it's not fun to talk about. Yeah, no, you know? no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What are you going to do to me? Just exactly what you think I'm going to do to you. In the years since, there'll be episodes that you're like, oh, they're trying to recreate the first one that we're going to do. I remember a growing pains where Dick Van Patten played the manager of like a convenience store that Mike works at at night. And uh, he's really racist. And you feel like, oh, Dick Van Patten's trying to get the role from someone in the show that we're going to talk about. Do you know that you're prejudiced? Or are you just kidding yourself? You rude, smart ass know-it-all. What are you trying to prove here? Huh? I'm not trying. I just proved it. You white bread suburban punks really get to me. Someday you'll figure out what the score is. Yeah, well, I just did. You know, you've got a lot to learn about the real world. Yeah? Well, I won't be learning it from you. I quit. Uh, you know something? You're one confused little kid. Not anymore. They sometimes feel like they're going for, you know, this is the Emmy clip where it's like, yes. I'm just going to cry. It's like, and I never learned how to read. You know, <laughs> yes. that's sort of a thing. You definitely Absolutely. get that vibe sometimes. And I think the reason that we're going to start with the one we are is because it is legitimately an incredibly important issue. Well, two things. One, the hallmark of a very special episode is that they take the ills of society and discuss them in the most tone deaf way possible. Yes. And on and yeah. the other thing is that we're not making fun of the, the topics he shows cover. No. We're making fun of the fact that they decided to add a laugh track onto these shows. Yeah. Really, I, really inappropriate moments, as, I, as you'll see. One that we're not doing is the example I always use is the family ties when Tom Hanks is their uncle who's a drunk. Yes. Um, it's like, you know, and I, I, I haven't seen it in... I haven't seen it in the 21st century. And I remember him rummaging around trying to drink vanilla extract because there's yes. 12% alcohol in it. I remember things like that really well. There ought to be some alcohol in here somewhere. Oh, I forgot. Marinated artichoke hearts. You ever have a real good artichoke high, Alex? Cut it out, Uncle Ned. You, you really don't need this. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go now. It may not be Miller time, but it is vanilla time. Just look at you, kid. Now remember, don't drive and bake. 
there's another one where like somebody who manages the TV station they work at tries to open mouth kiss uh, Mallory. And I'm like, oh, I, I've oh, never yeah, seen that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 that yeah. one I don't even remember. So if I did anything to make you think of me in any other way, I'm sorry. Well, I apologize for jumping to any conclusions. Your apology is totally unnecessary. So is yours. No hard feelings? No hard feelings. <laughs> There's very memorable ones. Growing Pains has like five of them. You know, oh my god yeah there's one where where alan thick is trying to talk a girl out of killing herself in the driveway yep. for the whole episode yep. please excuse me while i finish killing myself we're not talking about smoking anymore are we nope i felt as if my breath had been knocked out of me and and with it all my petty concerns and self-pity in that instant all that mattered was this sad-eyed scruffy girl who was trying to be so tough i think it's important to put these things into context yes and i yes. do think legitimately in most cases they're very well intentioned they're like you know yeah. we have this platform we should talk about an issue mm -hmm. that you know society doesn't pay enough attention to. ron we're similar ages you know if you're growing up in the 80s there are some very scary characters on your television every day. Oh, yeah. And some of them, uh, there's different levels of, of what you're scared of. The most terrifying was not Gargamel, not Megatron, Mumra from Thundercats, nope. not Darth Vader, but it was indeed this guy who owned the bike shop, Curly. <laughs> Who owned the bike shop on different strokes? Everybody's got a special kind of story. Everybody finds a way to shine. No matter that you got not a lot. So what? You'll have theirs and you'll have yours and I'll have mine. And together we'll be fine. Cause it takes different strokes to move the world. Yes, it does. It takes different strokes to move the world. Remember seeing it as a kid. We just have to talk about the the Bicycle Man as the title of the episode. There's two episodes called The Bicycle yep. Man One and Two. Uh, it does start with a very earnest intro from Conrad Bain, uh, which I may have lightly lampooned in the intro to our show. This is after WKRP in Cincinnati. I legitimately didn't have the timeline right in my head. Uh, when I watched it, I'm like, wait, this is 1983. I thought it was earlier yep. than that. So nope. he was done being the, the lovable Mr. Carlson. The big and guy, yep. To, yeah, to his credit, like he knew that he could get typecast. It was a very uncomfortable part for him to play, mm -hmm. but he felt like it was a good role. And I mean, it's it's so memorable. Uh, oh, yeah. When was the first time you saw The Bicycle Man, Ron? Did you see it? Uh, it, it was on, no, it was on its for, uh, its original air, airing. Um, okay. I was, I loved Different Strokes. It, when I was a kid, yeah. that was my show. I... My goal at the time was to be the white Gary Coleman. I'm I'm not making that up. Which is funny um, because around NBC, that's what we used to call you, the white Gary Coleman. <laughs> and for some reason, our friend Tom Kelly was always called the white Todd Bridges. Uh, but uh, I never quite understood why. Yeah. So, yeah. So I saw the Bicycle uh, Man episode, the, you know, on its original airing. I want to say that it was on a Saturday night, but I could be wrong um but i mean you know my my parents you know were pretty open about that sort of thing you know and they wanted you know they always like you know they sat me down they told me now if someone you know tries to touch you inappropriately somewhere and you know it could be anyone so just being on your guard blah 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 you know but 
it's a lot different when you're sitting in your living room next to your parents and all of a sudden, you know, you see Gordon jump uh, trying to, you know, touch Dudley and Arnold. And, you know, I just remember being like really, really uncomfortable around my parents uh, watching this. Like I really wanted them to, you know, get up and you know my dad's like oh the hockey game's on i'll go and watch it on the other tv or something like that that was my first impression of uh the bicycle shop first of all i also love different strokes uh now i saw it on uh you know afternoon syndication in new york it was on channel five i think it was at five o'clock so i was always hoping that dinner was late because dinner was (laughs) usually at five if dinner was at 5 30 i got different strokes in and it was (laughs) It's a fun show. Rewatching it, I'm kind of reminded of things that worked. One of the other shows we'll talk about something that's just you know a character that's incredibly funny that uh, you don't necessarily is sort of the unsung hero, but you know Gary Coleman's lines uh, were usually pretty good, and uh, people basically boil it down to what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, you know. So I saw this in the afternoon, and. You know, sometimes your very special episodes don't go into syndication. They only go into syndication maybe at nighttime, you know, depending on where it airs. Now, I don't know if, you know, cities who had morning syndication, uh, you know, if it was on at like 10 a.m., maybe they wouldn't show it. I honestly don't know. But I know I saw it and I was like, what in the hell is going on? But (laughs) what I will say is I don't know how young I was seeing it. If it was first run in 1983, let's assume I was like, you know, eight or nine maybe mm-hmm. 10 when the reruns were happening. And I was just like, I feel like I knew what was bad about that guy because of that show. I knew right. what to look for. I also was like, yeah, probably shouldn't be alone with grownups. Right. Is, you know, is, <laughs> yeah. is that the the takeaway, you know, yeah. and, uh, there's the, the trusted adults. And I think that, you know, child abuse, obviously it happened uh-huh. right. and it was a time in history, this moment in the mid eighties where it was talked about a little bit more, you know, and it was kind of one of the first times that it was really talked about. I I think I remember there's a, from the back of comic books for a few months, the back of Marvel comic books, there was a a tease to a, uh, there was a basically to send away for this power pack and the amazing Spider-Man. There was a special issue where I think it was a friend of the power pack had a babysitter who, who touched them and it was just, right. you know, so it was like dealing with it in a way where it's like, is it the greatest Spider-Man story? No, absolutely not. But <laughs> if a kid reads that and thinks, Oh, you know, that thing that's going on in my life, I'm not comfortable with right. that right there is reason enough to go like, yeah, let's take the the chance and do this. So let's yeah. give kudos to everyone on different strokes for thinking we should we should tackle this this story, you know. Well, I mean, that's like the interesting thing about like the very special episodes is that you know, even though the you know it might seem like off, you know, or the the platform might seem you know kind of off, the messages definitely get through. Um, I you know the first time I found out that blackface was offensive was watching Give Me a Break. And they did an episode where the older sister is jealous of Joey Lawrence. So to get him in trouble, she had him put on blackface and no Carter, like went ballistic. And that's how I found out. You know, I was like, I think nine or 10 at the time. Um, but by but, the way, let me yeah. just interject, Ron. 
Uh, you never want to walk into a room in blackface as a white person. No. But no. also the last person you want in that room is probably Nell Carter. <laughs> you know? You're like, exactly. as a kid, you're like, oh no, from everybody from TV. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. look, and I, I, I remember this specifically uh, because I have a, a, a younger sister at this time, you know, when we were kids, the conceit on Sesame street was that big bird had this friend, Mr. Snuffleupagus. Yes. And the running joke for like, by the time that we were watching Sesame street, the joke had been going on for mm -hmm. more than a decade. No grownups ever saw Mr. Snuffleupagus. So they just were convinced right. that he wasn't real. He was an imaginary friend. Yeah. And so for very logical reasons, tied in directly to what we're talking about, they decided like, no, we're going to, we're going to make sure that the grownups know that if you tell them something, they're going to believe you. So they make yes. a point yeah. and Phil Donahue's there to cover it. This is Sesame Street, a place where people, Hi. animals, Hi, everybody. birds, Hi. Just a sorry, a place where people, animals, birds, monsters all live in perfect harmony. It's like everybody's going to meet Mr. Snuffleupagus. Mm -hmm. And that's the the thinly veiled point. If you have something that's important to you and you tell a grown up, they're going to believe you. Right. And it's such a it, it's a reason where if it's like if the audience isn't kids, you know, you can everybody makes the point of like, oh, you're bound to some kind of pressure or whatever. I'm like, no, this is a great idea. This is a great mm -hmm. lesson for kids that, yes, we believe you. And, you know, all this stuff is around this time in the in the early 80s, you know, so yeah. but to your point, Ron, that they tackle this this issue. And I mentioned the uh, on the family where Edith gets raped. That is in front of a studio audience and the studio right. audience, right. Vis uh, not visibly, but audibly growls uh, because this bad guy is in the house and they know right. something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Um, this is a laugh track. Yeah. You know, I think <laughs> MASH has a few episodes without a laugh track Yeah, because they yeah. had the sense that we, we're not going to, yeah. you know, we're not going to use it. And, um, and not only that, but MASH did not put a laugh track uh, during the operating scenes in the uh, OR. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. That's a yeah. great, that's a great distinction. Actually. I'm glad yeah. you, you yeah. made it. So there's a lot of like, you know, until really like the middle of the first part, it's kind of like a standard episode. Mm -hmm. um, there's this guy who is Gordon Jump's character. He runs the bicycle shop. And we, when we meet him, we find out they've known him forever. You know, the, the conceit of the show is that Mr. Drummond, Conrad Bain, he adopts the two sons of his housekeeper that passes away. And that's Gary Coleman, Todd Bridges. His biological daughter is Dana Plato. It is very sad to see the cast of different strokes. Yeah, yeah. Watching this episode is very sad in, in yeah. some ways. It is very much of the time. The The jokes are consistent with sitcom jokes. Yep. But even like towards the end of the show, you know, there's still jokes around a serious conversation. Yeah. And so yeah. there's some things I can give a credit to, I think. Mm -hmm. But you said you rewatched this last night, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was like kind of thinking about it, like the difference between watching it when I was 11 when it aired and the difference, you know, I'm watching it now is that, you know, I think like 11, when I was 11, you know, the message sunk through and I didn't see it as, oh, you know, haha, you know. Um, you know, like, oh, it's ridiculous. You're making, you know, Gordon Jump's making jokes about taking your clothes off and there's big laughs. Um, yeah. 
it's actually worse in the second episode so we're going to discuss today but we'll we'll yes. get to that yes. um but yeah i rewatched it last night and i mean yeah it was heavy-handed but it was just like there were just moments that were just like so bizarre it's like really you needed a laugh line there and uh, especially the end of the episode, um, which you talk about the not, end of the first episode or the end the of the second, second episode. episode actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, which, I know. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we'll kind of touch on all of that, but right, right. You know, well, there's yeah. like the comedic scene of, you know, Mister. Uh, so uh, the 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 bicycle man. Uh, right. He has so uh, Mister Horton. He says that you should call me mm-hmm. Curly. I mean, right there. Come on, come on, boys. <laughs> you know, did, did, did you did you think something was up? Uh, but you know, well, yeah. 11, and, yeah. And look for a, a television sitcom in 1983. Obviously, some of this stuff needs to be telegraphed in a really broad way. He's oh, like, absolutely. Would you boys like some wine? Like, like no. We're we're eleven or twelve. I forget how old they are. They're like eleven or twelve, though. That would like, have been no, the correct we would answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, you know, and, but the scene where uh, that Mr. Horton has these two boys in the back room and we have been made aware of what his plans are for them. And Mr. Drummond comes in and he wants to pay for the bike that he's going to get Arnold for his birthday. The comedy is, would you shut up so I can go molest these two kids in the back room, please? You know, if you'll uh, just a sign here for me. I remember when I got my first bike, my little face beamed. I jumped up and down with joy. I was the proudest kid in college. Just sign right here, please. I was supposed to be a little joke, but I don't think it was that little. Talk about a different time. You know, there's the the Uncle Roy sketches from the first few years of SNL, Henry. And yes. it's like the the funny uncle, the dirty old man, things like that are considered funny at a different time. And yeah. even this, where they're seriously tackling it, he's like, uh-huh. Uh, you had just just sign right there. Could yeah. could you sign right there, please? <laughs> and I'm just like, how how is this supposed to be funny? Part of me wishes that like I knew the episode so well because I I'm wondering like they have to cut it down for syndication for reruns because it's like 24 minutes. So I'm like, right. what do they cut out? First thing they cut out is Conrad Bain at the beginning. Uh, yeah. One of the shows, it's very easy to figure out what they cut out. Uh, there's uh, whole sections that can go, but some of it's really uncomfortable, like the jokes. Yeah. And yes. there's some real moments. Anybody that has siblings, Arnold comes home and he's got wine on his breath. He's trying to hide it with the big wad of gum. <laughs> and, uh, you know, both his, uh, his, his biological brother and his adoptive mm-hmm. sister, you know, both Kimberly and Willis are like, all right, they're going to let him off the hook as long as he doesn't do it again. But they know that yeah. it's been bad. But then there's the moment where, you know, Dudley's dad comes home. It's like, yeah, I didn't like that Dudley had wine on his breath yesterday. And he said he had it at your house. And they're like, <laughs> okay, I guess we got to tell dad. Uh, yeah, yeah there's so. something that uh, we probably <laughs> should have told you. So it's still very sitcom But honestly, I could feel the reality in that moment. And yeah. I give a lot more credit to these episodes than I did in my head. I knew yeah. I wanted to talk to you about this for like a decade. And when we were messaging a few weeks ago, I was like, I know, I know exactly what we're going to do. I have a memory of this show in my head that was a little different than actually mm-hmm. watching it. In some ways, it's better than I remembered. 
However, in other ways, it's so much worse. Yes. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And, you know, I definitely felt that uh, rewatching it last night. You know, like you said, like when Arnold comes home with the wine on his breath and his, you know, siblings are like, okay, you know, we don't want him to get in trouble. Just, you know, don't do it again. You know, I never had older siblings, but, uh-huh. you know, that's that's a very real sibling reaction. It's like, okay, I'll cover for you, but you know, don't do this again. Yeah, I, I uh, had, I have an older brother and a younger sister. So I had both ends of that. I was covering right. for somebody and I was looking to be covered for. So. Right. Right. But then like when Mr. Drummond confronts Arnold about it and, yeah. you know, is going down the list, you know, Arnold's telling him what's been going on at Mr. Horton's shop. Yeah. It's getting laughs. It's getting yeah. less. He's like, yeah, you know, he uh, he showed us, you know, pictures of him naked with other kids, and that gets a laugh, you know. And, it's, and yeah, and then uh, oh, and you don't want to you don't want to know about the the mice in that cartoon. Yes, that I yes, saw, yes. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. The birds and the bees, but that was nothing yeah. about these mice. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It, I was just like, I could not. I'm like, you really need a laugh track here. I mean, these this is, you know, it's clear what's happening. So. It was, yeah, that that just kind of like blew me away. (laughs) One of the uh, hallmarks of the very special episode, and there's an exception that I'll mention, is usually nothing bad happens to anyone in the main cast. Sometimes it's a friend at school. Uh, I think uh, there's the drunk driving episode of Family Ties, you know, the the boyfriend died you know they're not gonna kill somebody off of the cast that way uh you know nothing like that uh and then in this instance i actually forgot that in my mind it was like oh arnold got away but poor dudley and dudley look dudley did not have a good experience for what a kid should right you know have happened to him in a room with an adult but it was just like he's like well he tried to touch me and so it reminded me i'm like okay so even dudley didn't actually you know uh, and and uh, Dana Plato, uh, Kimberly has a line at one point. I'm glad we got there before anything really yeah. bad happened. And I feel like that was probably important for mm-hmm. the network to feel that the audience doesn't think differently of Dudley and certainly not of right. Arnold, you know that, that that's a hundred that's hundred percent correct. And you know my uh, my my son, uh, he's 17, and he discovered um, the very special episode. Um, uh, series on Funny or Die, and of course yeah. they did this one. So you know, he was asking me about my memories of you know watching it and stuff like that. And his question was, you know, why, why, why was, why did the writers choose to have Dudley, you know, uh, be molested instead of Arnold? And I said, that's one of the rules of the very special episode. You know, nothing bad ever happens to the main cast. Dudley, who's a recurring character, bad stuff could happen to him. But, you know, it was Arnold and that would just like completely take the show off the rails. Right. And it's like how, you know, in Scream, they talk about the rules for horror movies. You know, if you're a virgin at the end of the movie, you're going to live. You know, it's it's that sort of a thing. So if you're the best friend, watch out. Right. Uh, There's an there's an exception, though, uh, that because I've read about a lot of these and some of them are shows that I feel like we should tackle and some aren't. There's a Mr. Belvedere where the son goes away to camp and he is molested. And that is like yes. one of the exceptions of the main cast member. Something yep. bad actually happens to them. And I was just like, wow, I mean, it feel like it's more impactful if you're going to take a swing at a topic like this. I, I think it, it is important. I feel like it's so important. And I feel like a lot of people know this episode, even if you haven't seen it, 
they've oh, joked yeah. about it. There's joke yeah. of, a joke about it on Family Guy. I, I was going to call him, but uh, my, my favorite episode of Different Strokes was on. You know the one where Arnold and Dudley get sexually molested by the guy who owns the bike shop? All right, now I want you boys to scream real loud at my ass. And everybody learns a valuable lesson. Mr. Griffin, have you learned a lesson? Oh, yeah, stay the hell away from that bike shop. I, I, I was, like, explaining to you when we were, you know, prepping for this episode. You know, I said, if you go up to a random person and ask, you know, and say very special episode, what the first one's probably going to be this one. Yeah, so of a certain age, like you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, my wife's seven years younger than me, and that's only half a flex. It's actually a fact. Uh, <laughs> she would think of, I think her first thought would be Saved by the Bell, where yes. Jesse's taking caffeine yes, yes, pills. Yes, pills? You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them back. I what? have to sing. Jesse, you can't sing tonight. <laughs> That generation, that's the first one. Uh, they may never actually see this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's tough to convince people like, oh, you know, once you get to season six, you'll get to the, uh, you know, you'll get to that episode. I want to just play a little bit. This is the okay. end of the episode uh, where they're back at the Drummond's house. How's he doing? Well, he's still a little shaken up. Uh, he's a lucky boy. He'll come out of this just fine. He's yeah, he got a loving understanding. You know, some parents actually blame the children for what happened. That is dreadful. That is the worst thing you could do. What's going to happen to Mr. Horton? Well, I think we got a darn good case against him, Willis. Thanks to your father calling us, we were able to surprise him. And we found some very incriminating pictures. Worse than the mice? <laughs> so it's very important for them to hit all these points. And that's the police detective who, you know, arrives on the scene. That's how they're able right. to basically save the day. Uh, before anything truly terrible happens. And so Arnold is like worse than the mice and the boy, the laugh track can't get enough of that, you know? Right. And right. I think, look, the, the interaction between, uh, between Dana Plato, Conrad Bain and uh, Todd mm -hmm. Bridges, you know, all of them, what they're saying, it's like, these are, this is important information. Yeah. What's going to happen yeah, to him. 100%. The most surprising exchange in the episode. I never would have guessed that Mr. Horton was, you know, gay. Well, he's not, Willis. You know, that's the common fallacy about child molesters. They're not gay. They're only interested in little boys or little girls, not adults. And I'm like, for 1983, to make that distinction, that I was, was shocked that yeah. that's in this episode. When it aired, I could have sworn that Willis got a laugh on that. But, I mean, I, I could be... <laughs> completely it could uh, they, be like you know what? a mandela they, effect or you know there, there could have been a laugh there let's uh just go a little bit more we'll wait for the next laugh what is yeah. this world coming to <laughs> there's a laugh See, detective simpson said there was a good thing we called him because if i'd gone down and confronted horton by myself he would have been able to get rid of all the photographs before the police could even get there unfortunately most parents do just that and the guy gets off scot-free oh and by the way arnold your evidence is going to help us a lot too I think I got all the details right here. Here's the jokes. There was yep. a cherry on the banana split he gave you. Did I mention the chopped nuts? <laughs> yeah, that too. Boy, I really spilled my guts. <laughs> what? Why is any of that in there? I and know. Is it because they feel like audiences are going to be uncomfortable, so you break the tension? I, I, if that's the reason, I get it. But I don't think it works. 
it does, well, it does not work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back a scene, um, when uh, Mr. Drummond arrives with the two detectives at the bicycle shop, um, you know, they come in the front and Mr. Horton's like, is there a problem? And he's like, there's a big problem. And then they go into the back where, it, you know, to the apartment at Dudley's like, you know, in another room or, you know, obsessively the bathroom and the cops like now, you know, let me go in first. You don't know what you're going to find. And he opens the door and there's a toilet flushing and that gets a huge laugh. Mr. Drum, it might be better if I looked in there first. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you really had to go for that punchline right there. there yeah. This kid was on the verge of being sexually assaulted and you yeah. decide to go with the toilet flushing joke? Yeah. I mean, oh my God, that, that just like completely, you know, I, I never thought of that before, but watching yeah. it last night, I was just like, Wow. Yeah. You know. Now I hadn't watched this in a in a very long time. I could yeah. not tell you the last time I'd seen it. I'm of course familiar with it. I think that whenever I would talk to someone who didn't know what it was, we were, you know, I would talk about it. I, I may have pulled up a clip at some point. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. watched it in a long time. This is the first time I watched it as a parent. And yeah. as yeah, much as it misses the mark in a lot of ways in a number of times, mm -hmm. I actually found myself being a little emotional for Dudley because again, yeah, I thought yeah. that he got molested and right, you know, right. he, it's still terrible what happened to him, but they make sure to say like before anything really bad happened. And yeah. I'm just, it's so upsetting to think about like, and you know, I was a smart ass 20 something probably the last time I saw this. So, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's like, Oh my God, you know, it's like kids do stuff out of the house now. It's not like it used to be, but you know, still, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. look, my son's in Cub Scouts, you know, it's, uh, you know, and, and that's always like the big red flag is is right. scouting in any way. Right, right. And, you know, it's, uh, it, you, you always start to worry about stuff like that. And so just the relief, you know, when Dudley's dad is able to come in and everything's okay, I'm like, well, God damn it, you got me. You know, <laughs> I, because I, and I find it, it's it, a lot of things are different. Uh, yeah. when you're a parent and I'm sure that uh, Ron and your kids are much older than mine. So I don't even know what I'm in store for as, <laughs> as life goes on. You know, it's really interesting because as you said, like the last time I probably watched this, I was, you know, it was definitely before I had kids. So I was looking yeah. at it through like a very snarky, um, you know, lens. Uh, but last night when I, you know, watching these two episodes, I'm like, okay, there, you know, there are, is stuff that works that is effective and you know i it kind of got back to me you know it kind of took me back to when i you know when i originally saw it and i'm like oh yeah you know because my mindset at the time i wasn't being cynical about it i you know this was like a real thing like the way i, I kind of equate it is you know when people talk about adam west's batman as being very camp and over the top or whatever and I always said, hey, you know, when I was six years old, when Batman said some days you can't get rid of a bomb, to me, that was deadly serious. So, yeah. you know, when you're 11 no, years old I, and uh, you're watching this. The, the, the old Batman was always two parts. Like, what's this? Yes. That part at the end yes. of the first part. I'm like, 
are, are they going to die? Like, am I going to yeah. tune in tomorrow after my nap and, you know, they're going to be boiled <laughs> in lava? I'm like, yeah. is this going to be what happened? I was I was legitimately worried about Batman and Robin. And yeah. Batgirl, and and, you know, and in the same way, episodes, you know, when I was 11 years old, I was legitimately worried about Arnold and Dudley. Yeah. So and, um, and but, I was old enough know, to know that I'm like, I think this is important that kids see this. I was yeah. oh, I was aware enough of like I didn't. Fortunately, I didn't have anything in my life where I felt like this resounded with me in any way. But yeah. I'm like, oh, and, you know, I look legitimately people will tell you stories years later about stuff that happened when they were a kid, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. like, you know, a, a, adults taking advantage of children in situations yeah. that oh, sometimes absolutely. they're not sexual, but sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in reading, you know, I get all my information from Wikipedia, but the Wikipedia on this episode, I think the important thing is, look, we can, we can sort of turn our nose up at some of the content and the way that they did it, but to, just to illustrate the fact that it was important. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, later in 1983, this episode re-airs and a nine-year-old boy in Indiana saw it and he told his mother about a man who was being inappropriate. And he was then arrested and the police specifically said it's because this boy saw that episode of different strokes. So when you get to that, it's like, it's almost like, even if it was like, it's 50 minutes of actual show runtime. If every second yeah. of it was cringe, but then that happened, yeah. you're like, great. Right. So then that guy right. gets arrested. And unfortunately this kid had something terrible happen to him, but he didn't get yeah. to anybody else. Yes. You know, and so, you know it's it's funny because you were talking about um, you know before how we we're talking about how uh, you know nothing bad ever happens to the main cast, and part yeah. of that was because television, particularly sitcoms, were a lot different now. There were there weren't like through lines, you know, that went from episode to episode to episode. Everything was like a very self-contained story. So yeah. you know, when this happened to Dudley, this was never mentioned again. You know, we never, no. you know, Arnold never said, you know, oh, are you, you know, house therapy? Or are you okay? You know, it was never mentioned again. So, you know, I think yeah. that was. It, like, and it, it wasn't like, a, you know, they, they also didn't go for the cheap callback of like, well, we all right. know why Dudley doesn't have a bike. You know, right. It wasn't anything <laughs> like that. Um, there's one joke in here that actually made me laugh out loud. Um, they talked about, you know, how they were kids uh, drinking wine. And uh, Willis says, Well, it looks like the babies have gone from the nipple straight to the ripple. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, kid, and and yeah. I'm just like, like, that shouldn't be funny. That joke shouldn't even be in there. But I literally laughed out loud because I just wasn't expecting it. When yeah, I saw that, I wouldn't. I, there's 0% chance I got that joke the first you know, oh, two yeah, times totally. I saw this, you know. Totally. Uh, so I think the legacy is, you know, and there's other, they do other special episodes of different strokes later. Uh, you know, Sam, the, the, uh, the, the little, the, yeah, he gets kidnapped. You know, they do, they do other shows of yeah. different strokes. They, I think actually the last episode Dana Plato's in, they deal with uh, bulimia. I, I think it's, it's important to, you know, you're coming into people's, this is more in this era. You're coming right. into everybody's house. And if you speak to one kid, like I said, the kid in Indiana, it's worth it. And if everybody's yeah, like, absolutely. can't believe you did that episode about this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so the legacy of this episode is that we do get so many very special episodes. Yeah. And, you know, there's differing degrees of, I think, seriousness for the topic. So we're going to talk about Too Close for Comfort. And people who don't remember the show... It 
starred Ted Knight, who everybody knows from uh, Caddyshack, you know, comedic genius. The guy's a comedic yeah. genius. And by the way, in this, he is very good. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, he's he's great. No, it's not his character from Caddyshack, but it's close enough. You know. Yeah. Exactly. All the things it's- that make you that make you love his character. Right. Uh, it, it's all, Ted Knight being Ted through. Knight. And that's why yes. the show worked. So now I didn't know about this episode until maybe about a year, maybe two years ago. I read about it. Like the onion wrote about it. I had no idea that they yeah. did this. I had seen very little of this show. I was mostly put off by the theme song. I would hear it. <laughs> and I'm like, nah. <laughs> I don't know when it, it aired in you know reruns in, in New York, but it just it didn't catch me. It probably was when yeah. I was definitely sitting down for dinner. Uh, I knew Jim J. Bullock from the Hollywood Squares, the yep. John Davidson yep. hosted, the uh, one that yeah. would have Alf on it and I remember Goldberg that and Shadow Stevens. I love. I thought it was funny, and I, I I only sort of knew what gay was at that point. You know, I yeah. was just like, I was like, oh, that guy's really funny. You know, it's like it's like Paul, like in the old days, it was Paul Lind. Like, oh, he's very funny. You know, <laughs> the idea that there's this episode. And I, I believe it's called uh, Two Women for Every Man. Yeah. Uh, is, is the actual title of it. Yeah. And I don't know how well intentioned it is because I, I think if you were to not watch it and be like, well, they talk about how sexual assault can happen to men. Right. That seems like, you know what? Yeah, somebody should make that point. It can definitely yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, sexual assault can happen to men by women. Okay. I guess we could talk about that. But what if the women are played for laughs? Those two women were attracted to Moreau and they desired him and helped themselves. <laughs> Help themselves to what? To Monroe. They had their way with him. What I'll mention is that having read about it, and I didn't see it, I never saw it until yesterday when I watched it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So it was not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought that the whole thing was a hundred percent played for laughs the whole time. Oh yeah. And yeah. And and Ted Knight kind of takes it a little bit seriously, not at first. Yeah. But then eventually he does. And I'm like, okay, it has a little bit of a, of a different uh, tone to it. But Ron, you messaged me about, when you saw this. So talk about watching this episode uh, for the first time for our visual audience. uh, One of the visual gags is we see Monroe who is a security guard at the mall. He has been, uh, his uniform is all disheveled and um, boy, they really hit that. uh, They broke my beeper joke a number of times. Don't they Ron? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I saw this episode on its first airing. Uh, I probably watched way too much television uh, than I really should have. Uh, But luckily enough, I was able to. But that would be a perfect example of why guys like you, Tom Kelly, and I uh, all get along, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So from like, you know, from eight o'clock to 10 o'clock, which was my bedtime, you know, I, my mom and I liked a lot of the same. TV shows and the sitcoms or whatever. My dad would usually go into uh, another room, watch the baseball or hockey or something like that. Right. So I think this aired like nine nine thirty, and I'm watching. I'm in the living room with my mother, and we're watching this episode. And you know, it was like almost like we didn't say a word to the entire episode. 
not during the commercial breaks, not during the episode itself. And yeah. when it ended, we kind of had like an unspoken pact that we would never talk about it ever again. But I will, I will say, like at one point, I just, I think this was like the first time I, I learned what a rape was. You know, the yeah. word rape, and like I mean, like asked my mom, you know, what's rape, and you know, my mom was like. Well, um, it's when, you know, someone forces another person to do things that they really don't want to do, you know, which is a great so way like, to explain it to a child. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And like, again, I think I was like nine or 10 when this aired. So, yeah, it was just like a lot of people like talk about how uncomfortable they were watching this. And I'm like, yeah, well, imagine being nine and watching this with your watching mom. With your mom. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's. That is that is pretty rough. It, it's interesting though because there they do make a, a, a there's buried within sort of the way that this whole thing is mishandled and played for laughs. Oh, there's there's a very important line that I'm like they make a great point, and it's like he's like oh whenever I see those movies about the woman who's raped nobody believes her. Yeah, and uh, I think it's uh, it's the wife. I don't I don't know the show that well. Muriel. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Muriel. And she says well, you shouldn't watch movies like that. And he says, that's all that's on. And I'm like, you know what? Especially in this time period, yep. what would get your TV movie on? You know, yeah, it would be exactly. you know, sort of that. And it's like, you know, uh, people, you know, to this day, the modern version of that is like the fascination with your know, podcasts and documentaries about serial killers and true yeah. crime. And it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, you don't have to watch it. In those days, it was a little bit harder because it's like, you know, if if you didn't have cable, you had like, you know, 10 channels and you'd have to watch one of them, you know. And right. So um, and it's just like, I don't know. And I it, it again, it, I thought it was so much it was going to be so much worse. But it watching it in the context of today, you're just like, oh, yeah. I mean, they don't really acknowledge in the show. Monroe has girlfriends, right? They they don't have him as a gay character, right? You know, I they never say he's gay, but I don't remember. You okay. know, I mean, I remember watching the show, but I don't remember too much about it yeah. other than you know, Ted Knight played a cartoonist and he had two daughters, and there was a guy named Monroe. Um, right. So I I don't remember if like if it was left like ambiguous or what. You know, if if you ask someone, you know, they'd probably say, oh, well, yeah, you know, Mon you know, Monroe was gay. Um, but it wasn't like straight up, uh, you know, ad admitted to at the time, I think. There's legitimate laughs because they do find where this happened, which is yeah. an incredibly convoluted uh, series of events that lead to them yeah. finding it. You know, he yeah. just remembers where the turns are and they're sitting there with right. a map of San Francisco and is, oh, right. it's in the Tenderloin, you know, <laughs> and then the, the there's like a legitimate moment where like that he opens the door and this is definitely the apartment and yeah. a very large woman shows up yeah. and he's like. Oh no, that's the little one. Yeah. It's a legitimate laugh. You can't help but think like, you know, and then the big one is, I, I guess it's a, it's a transvestite. I, I mean, yeah, it, you know, they, yeah. they were never clear about that. They, you they know, never I don't were, know yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, sure if it's like, you know, someone that's transgender, someone, you know, a guy yeah. in drag or it's supposed to be an actual woman, you know, they yes. never, you know, it, and in this episode, 
any of those three explanations was totally possible. Um, yes. Just because of the way, I mean, I'm actually more inclined to go. It was supposed to be an actual woman uh, just from the tone of this entire episode. It, it, it was just like, I, I'm still speechless. Like you say it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. It was worse than I remembered it. <laughs> right. Cause um, you actually, you saw it. So you had something just yeah. reading about it. Yeah. And the, yeah, the onions, AV club and Grantland, both uh, there's, there's both articles that, yeah. uh, that I read about uh, each of these. And it just made me think that the act of him being raped by two women was played for more laughs than it was, but to be fair, it was definitely played for laughs. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, Ted, when the detective comes and the cop comes in, Ted Knight is explaining to the cop that Monroe was raped in like the most Ted Knight way possible. You know, it's like, well, he was, you know, you know, like kind of like that. Um, and, you know, I, I thought it, they, I don't know what they were going for. I don't know if they were right. trying to draw attention to this. Or, you know, the, the topic or if they were just like, you know, oh, here's an idea, you know, like if it was just like another another story, it, it was like really, really weird, you know, and particularly like when Ted Knight come, you know, goes to the apartment, you know, the first thing the, the woman says to her, you know, to her partner is to warm up the the jello. So, you know, and again, yeah. huge laughs. So it was just like really, really off key. Right. And, you know, we end up with the, there's, you know, Monroe leaves uh, Ted Knight's character there and, you know, uh, just runs home and he loses his shoes and is played for yeah. last. But it, it's like, you know, his, his wife, uh, Muriel, uh, called the police when they left. So they got there. You know, we, you know, we didn't see any of this. Just happen. in time. Just in time. Uh, yep. So nothing, uh, you know, so what happened? So, you know, this look, this is an exception to the rule that like I was saying, though, that this did happen to Monroe. Yeah. But they must have been like, yeah, but what if he gets kidnapped and he has to, you know, be with women? And then it's like, <laughs> oh, that's not funny enough. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it was two very attractive women, then I, I can only imagine what that story would would have been, yeah, how the yeah. way they would have played it, you know? Yeah. Um, so you can still make it. And I feel like this was written for the laughs and then yeah. in the process of rewriting it. And before they shot it, they probably decided like, well, we can probably very special episode this. But <laughs> yeah. again, the fact that it didn't air for more than a year uh, from when it was supposed to. And I think it's one of those things where it left and it left a network and then it went into first run syndication. Yes. And then this episode yeah. ended up in, sec in first run syndication, yeah. you know? Uh, so they, they kind of knew what they had, uh, in, in, in the sense of like, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not going to put this on, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it's fascinating to watch, um, because you can see how the show works within this, you know, as how it works on a regular basis, you know, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, so his daughters stay out late and I'm like, they seem a little old. I don't know what age they're supposed to be, but uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> they're really, they're, I think they're like in their twenties, possibly thirties. Yeah. And he's like, you know, what, where were you last night? You I know. know. It's like, well, well, daddy, I didn't get home until 3. a.m. I'm like, all right, yeah. she's an adult. She lives in San Francisco. Th 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 you know, 3 a.m. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Monroe. <laughs> so yeah, this is, um, it was I definitely mean, something I to see. And, 
as as much as I want to play clips from it, I think people should just go and watch the whole thing themselves. Completely uh, agree. Completely. I think that they'll get something out of it. Has to know. be. And this is on this is on Tubi for free. Uh, you were the one who made me aware of that. Um, yeah. Different Strokes was actually a little bit harder to find because it's there's a place for it on Amazon Prime. But for some reason, I couldn't watch it there, so I just watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, it. yeah, that's that. Like for months, yeah. it was on Amazon it's, Prime. The episodes said, are there, but it says you can't. Yeah. It, uh, it's temporarily yeah, unavailable. Yeah, video's not available. So, so. so I just, yeah. I the whole thing was on YouTube, and you could tell somebody had bless whoever bought the DVD set, and then also uploaded uh, the two episodes. Uh, yeah, back yeah. Back. But uh, so this one's for free on Tubi, and I think. It is kind of jaw dropping in a way. Yeah. There's an infamous uh, Incredible Hulk, not the TV show, but uh, it, 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 an issue where he, you know, Bruce Banner's on the run and he stays at the YMCA. This is very on the nose. And uh, two guys try to um, get with him in the shower. And oh, you don't want to do that to the Hulk. No. And uh, you, you, cannot, you cannot find that story digitally. They, uh, <laughs> um, they did on they under Marvel understood uh, even before yeah. Disney. They're like, yeah, we're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to yeah. one, you know. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a, some things are from a time and place, but like you said, you watch this first run and you're like, no, this is this is not working. Um, anyway, uh, I think that as we wind down, we have to, of course, just uh, go and, and make sure we lighten the mood. I definitely remembered our last one. It's such a weird pairing and I've read enough about it that I understand it better than I did. talking about the episode of what's happening yeah. there's it's a two-parter where the doobie brothers guest star probably the least needed very special episode ever made <laughs> i i agree because the very yeah. special aspect of this is to cut down on uh bootlegging and it's <laughs> bad to record concerts so reading about it this comes about because uh the doobie brothers had a couple albums out you know they weren't they weren't big yet um, they were on the way up and they'd hired a new publicist. Uh, did you know all this, Ron? Did you do? No, this? no, this is no. This so their publicist totally... was a gentleman named David Guest who would go on to marry Liza oh, Minnelli. Oh, yeah. Yes, he married Liza Minnelli. That's right. Yeah. So he has the idea of, um, hey, there's an opportunity to be on a sitcom. And some of the guys in the band liked it and some of the guys were like, oh, I don't know about this. But they all agreed that it was good exposure. And I could not believe how much exposure the Doobie Brothers get. Oh yeah, uh, between these two episodes, there's like the second episode has like three songs consecutively. Yeah. So this I, is what I, I was like... talking about in the intro when I'm talking about how you edit things down for syndication. Yeah. It's like yeah, you just yeah. you go ahead and you go ahead and take take that whatever that song is that's not uh, the two big hits. You just got to yeah. take that out, and you have plenty of room for more commercials. And I'm sorry, I, what were you, gonna say? you know, I when I was watching it, uh, I was this morning. I was like thinking to myself, "Is this what's happening, or Don Kirshner's rock concert?" You know? <laughs> it, it was a fairly big opportunity uh, for the Doobie Brothers, 
But uh, yeah. the doobies themselves actually took out an ad. I don't know if it's from like Billboard or you know Spin Magazine or Rolling Stone oh, or something. I've never but, seen this. So there's like a Doobie Brothers ad. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, all seven Doobie Brothers take their unique brand of rock and roll to a new audience on January 28th and February 4th on two back-to-back episodes of ABC TV's What's Happening. The Doobies will sing, play, and make their live in-person acting debut. The last part being what I think uh, some of the guys were less comfortable with. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, good thing Michael McDonald's a good singer is what I'm trying yeah. to say. <laughs> I watched, you know, it's another thing too, is because it was on reruns, I definitely watched a fair amount of what's happening, but I feel like that might have been the 530 show because I didn't see as much of it. Um, I yeah. definitely remember some episodes. I had not watched any what's happening in a long time. And I do have to give tremendous credit to Danielle Spencer who played D because of just how incredibly funny she is on this show. And the precocious child is definitely, uh, you know, a staple of sitcoms. Gary Coleman to some extent is that, but just the level of, of snark and sass (laughs) and making her brother give her a quarter so he can use the phone. I'm like, Oh, she's great. And of course I remembered rerun and, and Dwayne Wayne, uh, you know, hey, hey, that's no, not Dwayne Wayne. That's uh, that's on uh, a different world. Dwayne. But yeah. yeah. And, you know, and Raj, he was always the weak link for me when I would yeah, watch this, yeah. you know, yeah. and and uh, what's happening now didn't kind of help uh, Raj. No. You know, no. it was, it, he was still the weak link. It's such a random idea. They're pretending that the Doobie Brothers went to some high school and they're in Watts, right? Here in L.A., like the L.A. Yeah. Area. So, like, they went to high school in Watts? Really? Yeah. And that's the best part and rerun is so old that he went to high school with them by the way hey man i remember you what are you doing back here no i'm still here i never left does that that fit into the timeline established in the show i I don't think it does i don't think rerun's that old you know well the i mean the joke with rerun is that his name is rerun because he keeps on getting left back in school um, I think fair. they mentioned okay. that in the first episode. That was my favorite. It's like, yeah, the, first of all, the, they're acting like the Doobie Brothers are actual brothers, you know, that they all went to school together. Or It, it was, like, kind of weird. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, but these guys, you know, going to school in Watts. So. <laughs> and at least they tried to explain why they're playing at a high school. It's like, yeah, they're uh, raising yeah. money for the uh, new instruments. Uh, yeah. Don't ask any more follow-up questions. Please. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you that's, need to know. That, that's that's literally all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, all right, sure. And uh, yeah. And uh, just the, you know, rerun gets approached at the, uh, at the soda shop. A big shout out. Also like Hurley, Shirley Hemphill is uh, oh, yeah. also, yeah, uh, yeah. she's great on this she is. as uh, yeah. Shirley. And De- uh, Dennis Miller, uh, early in his career, he uh, he toured uh, opening for Shirley Hemphill, oh, and wow. uh, he has uh, you know, very nice things to say. But okay. uh, he tells this great story: the humiliation of her beating him in tennis, and <laughs> uh, it's uh, th- that's what it's like if you get to have lunch with Dennis Miller. You get Shirley Hemphill <laughs> stories that you weren't expecting. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, and I think that the, the show is cast really well. Um, the mom character doesn't seem to really factor into these episodes. Uh, was that kind of always the case? Yeah, well, I mean, the background to that is I think like in the first season, it uh, she had like more to do. And again, like I haven't really, like you, I haven't really watched that much what's happening lately. Sure, yeah. um, I, you know, outside of these two episodes. 
But I do know that she didn't, that Mabel King did not come back for the third season because she felt like her character, you know, the show was focusing too much on the kids and she didn't really have yeah. much to do. These episodes, she was, she was right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's very apparent. Yeah, I but mean, it's oh, the, but actually, it's the, it, it's the it's the Fonzie or Urkel factor, you know, where you set out to make a show about yeah. something, and you're like, no, this is the thing that people like. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Ron? The episode after the two parter is, I guess that this could also be classified as a very special episode. Rerun gets involved with a cult that worships a head of lettuce, and I remember the mother was instrumental in the plot to getting him out of uh the cult so <laughs> i i i, I kind of wish i'd watched just one more episode so that i could have <laughs> seen that you know yeah it's a pretty it's uh, another famous episode probably outside of the doobie brothers it's, it's it's the most famous episode and it's funny because like uh you know there's a number of articles where uh former or current doobie brothers talk about it's like yeah every concert still somebody comes up to us and say which doobie you be <laughs> yeah. which uh which raj says on the phone which doobie yes doobie, i remember you know? yeah they they played uh jones beach here on long island and i was so tempted to get a front row seat and just cosplay as rerun from this episode with like the giant tape with recorder. The, the giant tape recorder yeah, yeah with exactly. the, i I, th- I think that was like one of those old reel-to-reel tape recorders that he has. yeah one of, one of the write-ups i read of this talk about like inexplicably a, a giant reel-to-reel uh tape recorder yeah. and that is kind of the the funniest part of it is that um it actually uh, did not record the show you know, <laughs> it's just like hey, all you hear is the popcorn in the, right, the soda right. in his pocket. You know, right. uh, so it's like, well, he could have gotten arrested for attempted bootlegging, but he didn't actually bootleg. And it, it's such a random thing to take a stand on. But I guess they were like, well, the Doobie Brothers are going to be on. Let's figure out a way to do it. You know, <laughs> to incorporate. And, yeah, and they're like, all right, I, I guess. And I mean, you want to talk about the. Very special episode nobody needed. Let's talk about the two-parter that nobody needed. There's so many songs between these two episodes. And again, I'm not a huge Doobie Brothers fan, but I will definitely agree that some of these are great songs, you know. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that, totally. that block that black water song, you know. I mean, yeah. there's great songs. Taking it to the streets. That's that's, that's that should be in that should be in every rerun of this. Uh, no pun intended, <laughs> Fred Berry. And and it's just like, yeah, they just get to go watch them rehearse at the school and then they have an interview. What's your biggest problem? I mean, what gets you the craziest? Yeah. It's definitely bootlegging. Yeah. Bootlegging? Yeah, bootlegging. What's that? Uh, that's where somebody illegally records one of our concerts, you know, and sells it to the public. Yeah, what happens is, see, the record company doesn't make any money. We don't make any money. And uh, the public gets a pretty bad recording. It's so ridiculous, but there's these... You know, kind of low-level gangsters that apparently follow the Doobie Brothers on tour because <laughs> this guy Dunbar bootlegged their show in St. Louis. Yes. And uh, I'm like, all right, so why did he need to record another one? You know, you really can't peel much back, you know, when it, uh, <laughs> when it comes to this. I don't know if I classify this as, or if it was intended as a very special episode, but I think it makes the, the episode. It's, it, it's very special in a way as they have like yeah. these guest stars and they're dealing with something. And just watching it, this one was 
This was on the Roku channel, so it's also free yes. there. The end of the first one, they give you like five minutes of the next episode, and then the recap <laughs> in the that. second episode is five minutes of the last one. And I'm like, yeah. All right, I'm glad D's helping us remember what happened last week. And I'm like, yeah. thanks, D. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you were able to tell us, but uh, it, it's it's interesting when the, you have these atypical episodes. So no, this doesn't fit the yeah. very special in terms of a lesson learned, but yes. it, they definitely went above and beyond to tell what they felt like was a special story to do a Absolutely. special episode. Yes. And uh, I, I can't say that I remembered this, but you post about it regularly. Uh, <laughs> I, I love how often it's able to come up. Um, now, not a very special episode in the same sense. We're not going to talk about it here, but uh, I do love how every year you uh, talk about the greatest half hour of Thanksgiving programming in television history, which, of course, yep. is the WKRP in Cincinnati episode yep. that yep. Uh, if the first time you see it, just the reveal at the end is just it, it's so funny, you know, to have it, been able to hold off that long. Yeah to like yep. give away something that, uh, you know, we might do an episode on that. Honestly. Yeah. That's I was just going to say, right I mean, the brilliant thing about that episode is that everything just like, it's like a very slow build and it builds to like that one punchline. Um, and that's yeah. why I always say it's like the greatest half hour, you know, of uh, television ever produced. It's just like, it's just like so well constructed. Um, there is an episode of Seinfeld with, uh, when George pretended to be the marine biologist, um, yes. that was I bet that, that was very similar to that as well. You know, where everything just like built to that Kramer's last one. It, it builds to the moment where George has right. to say, uh, "Yeah, I'm not really a marine biologist. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea what to do in this situation." Right, but, right, uh, right. It would, yeah, that that's a great yeah. that's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, look, there's very few perfect episodes of television. Um, I I always point to the pilot of Married with Children because yes. it's yeah. so well written that it is still funny 35 years later. Mm -hmm. But do you want to know what that show was like at least for the first five years? Just watch that that 25 minutes. They yes. hit everything. Uh, yep. You understand Marcy. You understand Steve. This is before mm -hmm. Jefferson. The I remember interactions from Alan Pegg, uh, you know, decades later, you know, yep. what are you thinking about? Well, if I wanted you to know, I'd be talking. You know? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great point, Al. Uh, yeah. I, I have uh, I have not modeled my life after him, but uh, yeah. you know, I don't have any no ma'am shirts. But right. well, Ron, I'm glad we went uh, on this road and I'm glad Same that uh, we didn't just go from the bicycle man to, you know, mods abortion. And uh, you know, yeah. I think I think the way to do it is to kind of have a couple of fun ones, you know, yes, uh, well, this is one fun one. There's two right, parts. Right. Uh, right. I mean, I, I I should have kept track of the amount of screen time the Doobie Brothers get playing songs, you know, just cutaways <laughs> of the guys dancing in the audience. But it's like whole songs, you know, I and, mean, between uh, between the two episodes, it's easily like seven or eight minutes. I think. Yes, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, and it's like, really, these guys, these guys love the Doobie Brothers. All right. Yeah. Um, although. 
Although D has a pretty good line about how her favorite band is the Jackson Four because there's one of them she doesn't like. Although I don't even know if she says which yeah. one it is, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> we can all figure out that it was Tito. Anyway, Ron, uh, this has uh, been everything I've wanted it to be all the time that I've wanted to, uh, you know, talk about very special episodes either in the YouTube or just tweet me at Christian DMZ or you can find me on Instagram there or you can even email us blackcast at gmail.com B-L-A-D-T-C-S talk about some of the very special episodes you remember i mean there are there are other ones from later more recent shows i can't think of the last very special episode that i remember though because sitcoms are sort of serving a different purpose now you know i mean it, it sort of goes after things in a completely different way in any case it's been a delight to talk to our guest, Ron Mata. And uh, where you can find him is probably on future episodes of uh, this show, because as I mentioned, it is egregious that I have not talked to him uh, about Star Trek or Doctor Who at a, any point in the past. So we'll have to rectify that because it's uh, always delightful to spend time with Ron Mata. So that's where you can find him is future episodes of the Black Cast. And if you have questions or comments for Ron, you can send them to me. All the places that I mentioned that I can be found. Uh, this was definitely a lot of fun to do, and uh, we will absolutely revisit the idea of very special episodes. And that's why I'm inviting you to send us uh, some of your favorites, some that immediately uh, come to mind for you. But that is all the time we have for right now. Uh, make sure that if you enjoy the Blackcast, you like, subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcast. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. That is our YouTube channel. It is also where you can find the audio version of this show wherever podcasts can be found and if you like me you will find me tuesdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on the who are these podcasts broadcast networks stuck the word broadcast in there unnecessarily but the show is called who are these broadcasters and uh, that is Tuesdays, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific, where we uh, go throughout the different kinds of broadcasting over the last week. We play clips, we make jokes, we laugh, and we have fun. That's where you can find that. And I believe the next episode of this show is going to be our Major League Baseball playoff preview. And if you know the panel that we always select for that, we're all Nets fans, so we'll get to the playoff baseball. But, uh, oh boy, do we have a lot of stuff to sort through uh, ahead of time. Uh, none of it good. So uh, if you hate the Mets, uh, even if you hate baseball, you'll probably enjoy that. That would not be this time on the Blackcast. That'll be next time on the Blackcast. Before we play our last song, I'd like to thank you all for coming. It's been really great being back at the old high school. Yeah. Right. They taught me lots of things here. Learned a lot about geometry, history. In uh, phys ed, I learned how to wrestle a girl into the backseat of my car. <laughs> uh, seriously, I got my love of music right here at this school. It's important to stay here and learn and experience things, so stick with it. So, uh, we're going to go on to our next song, so if anybody feels like getting up and dancing, do it.
Conrad Bain. Thank you for listening to the Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B L A D T C A S T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F A R D M U H A M M A D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. What's the matter, Senor Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm very nervous. No invite. <laughs> Who are you, Christian Bland? <laughs> no, I'm Lorenzo Ariola. <laughs> he always writes no invite. We're Christian, you are. No, I'm you're, a, you're a talker talk about the fact you can't sell you like that on YouTube. But no, you're like the I worst broadcast ever. Well, this has been the Blackcast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Dure, not on Twitter. Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to isolate that and start putting at the end credits of the Black Cast, uh, where we have a little montage of clips. Never his Star Trek will go on forever. Black Cast. Wendy, put Black Cast's comment up. How is it that Wendy is so much better at this than Scott Joe, Chad, and Kevin Brennan? It's fantastic. So why so the Black Cast. So Thank you, Christian. How is it that Wendy is so much so better at this than Stud Joe, Chad, and Kevin Brennan? Whoa! Hacka hackers. Potato, show a clip of you rapping Bust a Move, please. I'll say I sent I, that that was in the um the email for WATS this week, and Carl ignored it. He didn't find you interesting enough to play.
Wow. He played it on, uh, actually, you might be upset. He played on Who Are These Broadcasters? That son of a bitch. <laughs> he, he took it to his, his new, his new baby, sh- his new show. Like, I mean, as, vi- as pissed off as Vinny is at you for yeah. stealing Carl's attention, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should be at Christian Blatt and Eric Zane for just pushing. Yeah, how does it even qualify? You're not a broadcaster. If it makes you feel any better. Uh, Christian's in the, in the uh, chat right now and everyone's telling is. him to swallow lead. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel any better. Um, it does actually. All right. A funny thing happened on uh, Twitter this week. Look at this tweet now. This one came in from uh, my buddy Christian Blatt. He goes, hey, let's do this on who are these broadcasters? I went, nope. This is who are these socials material right here. Cardiff tells me you've been doing this both ways because Cardiff tricked me into sending you a song of his and then it wound up on who are these broadcasters? You're a double agent. Listen, I'm in it for one person and one person only. (laughs) I'm in it for me, princess. (laughs) Whoever has less content that week. (laughs) Uh, Blackcast, two bucks. KB is 100% this slow. He doesn't get it. FKB. Uh, yeah, I can't tell if it's an act. The Black Cast, thank you for the one ninety nine, Christian. Uh, Cardiff, grab your guitar to play whole lot of Rosie. Mousies? The Black Cast, one ninety nine. Who's had more hands up their bum, Chad or Tukey? <laughs> Chad. I think that's the answer. I think that is the answer. Thank you, Bladcast. I'm going to name drop real quick. I hope that's okay. I had Christian Blatt in my house this past weekend. Bladcast. The Bladcast is 100% right. Uh, the Bladfest. The Bladcast. The Bladcast. One of the best podcasts you can ever see. The Bladcast. Whoop de doo. We're watching it. We got no Wi Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch the Bladcast. Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to a thousand, you know, which is more than 500 last time I checked. Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you? Hi, other fellow <laughs> favorite person of Christian Blatt. <laughs> Our boy, Christian Blatt. I'm glad Christian Blatt uh, put that up because I totally forgot I am doing the Blattcast tomorrow. Oh, no, it was Christian Blatt. Four Thank of the worst things about you. his mother. And, and for some reason, Jen doesn't care about that. I'll ask Christian where he got that from. I'm not uh, familiar with that. Uh, the Bladcast 499 wasn't Florentine on either Pumio show or MLC, and everyone started ragging on Chad's mom. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, that's yeah. what Christian's talking about. Got it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. <laughs> that was not my fault. Tuki loves you all more than a friend. I love Tuki. Yay! <laughs> hacka hacka! I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs>